All right, what's up everybody? Welcome back to part two of the 20K special. This is a question that is super interesting. Somebody asked if longer rest periods, so longer rest intervals between sets is another example of a powerlifting approach infecting bodybuilding. And I actually think this is something where powerlifters were right the whole time and bodybuilders were incorrect. So this is a valuable thing that powerlifting has taught to bodybuilding and I'm gonna break that down throughout this video. Before I get into it, uh, if you have any questions you wanna see answered in this series, leave them in the comments below. If it's a good, interesting question that is applicable to many people, uh, I will probably make a video on it. If you see any other questions you like in the comments, give it a like so it's higher up and I can see it uh, and I'll be more likely to see it. So the question here, I'm not gonna read the whole thing but I'll put it up on the screen. Are long rest times another example of powerlifting philosophy that has infected bodybuilding? So for this, I would actually say yes, longer rest times were probably uh, popularized through powerlifting and other strength sports because they're performance oriented. But when it comes to hypertrophy, even though performance isn't what we're after, ultimately longer rest times and better performance set over set is correlated with higher force output. So uh, when we're getting into this topic, the way I see it, and an another point that he made in this comment is that uh, he's basically saying you can reach failure sooner if your rest intervals are shorter. So if you do, say, a set of 10 uh, with 100 pounds on a barbell curl and you fail at rep number 10, it's really only the last one to two reps. It's actually a little bit higher than that, but in this comment he says one to two reps for the sake of simplicity. Let's say it's the final two reps of each set that are potent. If you were to do a set of 10, reps 9 and rep 10 were potent and that's what gives you stimulus for growth. If you were to rest five minutes, you could probably do another nine reps. So you're basically getting more ineffective reps just to get reps eight and nine versus if you rested say 15 to 30 seconds, like he says in this comment, and you got maybe three reps, reps two and three are gonna be very potent and you're not wasting your time doing more ineffective reps. So the reason why I disagree with this is because um, you're not actually reaching the same proximity to failure that you would be in a fresh state. So what I mean by this is you're failing before your your true failure potential. So you're almost in a bit of a, a paradox here. You're hitting failure before you're potentially able to hit failure in a fresher state. So the way I like to view your sets and your volume in training is how many times can you or how many times do you need to take the muscle from zero to 60? So taking a set from zero to 60, you're starting in a fresh state, you're taking that muscle to 60. Say that's the speed limit, that's the most you can go, AKA hitting failure in that set. The key is doing what you can to get close to zero again, rather than going back to just 50, because then you can only go up from 50 to 60, which is only an increase of say 10 miles an hour. So in the same analogy here, if you go back a little bit, you can only go up a little bit. And when you want to go from zero to 60, it's not just about getting to 60, it's about making this massive jump from being in a fresh state to uh, being in a highly potent state that's basically at failure or your desired proximity to it. And to kind of explain all this in a bit more of a practical and relatable way, we all know that volume has diminishing returns. It's a bell curve where your volume starts off very potent. The more sets you do in a session or in a week, it starts to taper off and then you run into recovery issues and it actually goes back down. So the way I see it is if the first set is going to be the most potent, longer rest times can basically have you artificially replicate that first set again. Because if you're training from uh, say set one to set two and you rest one minute, you're in a very fatigued state. 
that's that second set is almost giving you the benefits of say like a five or six number set for the day if you're not resting properly but if you rest for say 10 minutes which is a little bit extreme i'd argue uh at that point you're basically recreating that first set you'll have a tiny bit of fatigue but you're almost getting the same benefits that that first set offers of course there's limitations on this because that's just how physiology works but ultimately what you're trying to do is recreate that first set again so that's my mindset when it comes to rest periods so if your rest periods are shorter for whatever reason whether it's preference or whether it's you not being able to train uh as hard or not wanting to train as hard not knowing how to train as hard you can be a little bit more liberal with volume and this can make up a lack of intensity to a certain extent but this is very limited and i usually do recommend against it the proximity to failure definition of intensity is important, but your levels of fatigue will determine how effective that intensity is. I kind of already touched on this point, so pretty straightforward there. And the hypothesis, longer rest means more volume, so it creates more hypertrophy. Uh, I think this is kind of a false correlation. I don't necessarily know that it creates more hypertrophy. I think it's just more of an indicator that you're able to put more force and aka more tension onto that muscle. So more volume doesn't cause it, more volume is more of the outcome of you being able to push hard in a given set. Um, I would also say that training in a fatigued state is less productive, even though it might feel harder uh, through lingering sensations in the muscles. So a lot of the time, this is when our instinct might be working against us. If you're feeling that sensation in your muscle, you kind of feel the burn, the pump going on, uh, it makes you want to kind of keep that going. And that's why people, I think, instinctively do opt towards shorter rest times. Uh, but very obviously, if you're looking at muscle growth through an entirely different mechanism with mechanical tension versus just kind of the pump, the burns, the sensation, it's pretty obvious which one is now the, the main driver, if not the sole driver of growth. Uh, and what rest times are better for that specific method. I would say ultimately to, to wrap this video up, it looks like growth is triggered by reaching a certain point of intensity in a set with high effort in a fresh state. While training in a fatigued state can help you reach failure sooner, it's still a less potent stimulus compared to what you're capable of in a fresh state. Longer rest intervals are the most practical thing you can do in the short term to replicate a fresh state in a training session. So right back to that start of the video, or maybe the middle of the video, what I'm saying here is you want to replicate that first set because that's the most potent set. And that's my logic for why you do want to opt towards longer rest times. I would say just for a final takeaway, this is so easy to experiment with. What I would recommend is if you're short on time or you just don't want to spend a whole ton of time in the gym, slowly chip away at your rest periods if they are kind of long and you can slowly cut back on them. You can track them for a short period of time, maybe start by cutting 15, 30 seconds and see how long you can go to the point where you're no longer progressing uh, as, at a regular rate that you were beforehand or that you usually do. So with that being said, that's all I got for the video. Like I said, if you have any other questions you want to see answered in the mini series, I'm going to be making these videos probably most days, if not every day. So let me know. I'll see you guys in the next one.